Hi there, and welcome to episode 275 of the Blue Envelope podcast. Today is Monday, the 21st of March, 2022, and here's what you might have missed since the last show. Last week, Blake Rasmussen and Chris Kiritz delivered an hour-long update on the MTG Arena economy, in which they announced lots of fun new things happening, including a $2,000 bundle that means you won't get mana screwed for your next five matches. Good news for Matt, bad news for Neil. Uh, if, you're time, if you time your purchase right, you might even be able to use that to boost your performance in the 2022 TB Podcast League, which was recently announced by Neil and which may or may not actually happen. How are we looking on that, Neil? Any sign-ups? Uh, I have most of a league. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. that's good. I thought it'd be less than that. Uh, and finally, some continued drama surrounding the host of Commander-themed YouTube channel, I Hate Your Deck, has only gone to prove what we already knew all commander players are villains. That's us all caught up with this week. On with the show. <laughs> villains, commander players. How many people listen to the end of the last show? Um, I made it, so I did. Anyway, they don't know who you are, Neil. Stop talking. Uh, joining <laughs> you today, if he was an arena bundle, he'd cost you 50 bucks. And he might even show up on your account with any luck. That's Mr. Matthew Light, who, let me just check. Nope, hasn't shown up today. Sorry, guys. If he was an arena bundle, he'd be only £10. You'd get five drafts for it, but your client would always go to sleep in the first round. Mr. Neil Rigby. (laughs) (laughs) And if he was an arena arena bundle, he'd be over $1,000. It's just an access code to a lobby where you spend your day with high rollers. Dr. Rob (laughs) Wagner. Hello. And if he was an arena bundle, he'd come with a new on-screen pet who carries a top eight trophy, but rarely likes to mention it. That is me, Matteo Orsini Jones. How are we all? Spooktacular. All right, tired. Tired. You have a baby on the way, don't you? Yep. Very shortly. Yeah, uh, she's not likely so- to be tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very shortly, baby on the way. Very shortly, um, and. Does that mean, should we address it? You're probably going to be your last show for at least a while, isn't it? Quite probably. Because, um, yeah, two episodes from today, um, I will be uh, hopefully cuddling new baby. So Knee deep in baby. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Weird way of saying it. <laughs> okay. So, did, so you might join us for another one, I guess. That sounds like, but anyway, yeah, in case yeah. this is Rob's well, last home, episode I'll, for I'll a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah, good good luck with all of that to you and the wife and the current baby who may or may not get very jealous of the new baby <laughs> if my family is anything to go by. Played yes. much magic this week? Yes, obviously. <laughs> Just a bit, not lots. Had any mana screws this week? Uh, no, I paid uh, my bits. <laughs> I've not had those amount of screws and I still can't win. I cannot work this form out. It is just taking all my gems. What what are you what are you doing? What are you doing wrong? What are you drafting? That's a fucking great question, Mateo. That if I knew the answer to, I would stop doing. But I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like Are you looking at seventeen lands? Um Because that's there's your start of what you're doing wrong. If you are. Like, not <laughs> particularly. I'm like I'm taking in some limited content in like podcasts and stuff. I do have my 17 lands information, but the main reason I look at that is because it remembers how badly I've done. Like it remembers that I've gone zero three one three five three one three zero three in my last five drafts. And obviously that's like bled away 6,000 gems. 
Yeah, I what I found. Um, so I I had like a sort of bad period. I'm sort of back to winning again. I'm current, I mean I'm mythic at the moment, like sixtieth, seventieth, so like a decent run streak at the moment. What's your um, win percentage? Do, do do you even are you even connected to seventeen lands? Do you even I like look at that for your win percentage? I don't think I am anymore. Let me just try and log in while I'm talking. But I found I used to think that the like nice tempo-y decks were good like the ninja star decks but then i kept losing to green decks and i think actually the grindy like greeny black decks are actually the best ones in this format um so i would try and draft those if you're not currently just like decks that are fine to go late game like a bit of early creatures and reaver if you can but otherwise just like powerful spells see this is the thing like i'm having such a rough time in that like it it might just be that i'm going through a bit of a downturn and not having the look and this that, and the other but like obviously that sounds like a really shit way of explaining the way that i'm losing rather than it being something that i have control over but it's like i'll draft the green black like oh look i'm like green black splashing blue and this so that i can like i've got all the late game and i've got like like one of the decks i went the deck i went seven all with had like two of the turtle and like song of renewal and all this and that was great but then the next time i draft that deck my opponent just goes like i'm like on the draw for th- all three of my games and my opponent just goes like akiba reckon a raid to like virus beetle in pick it up make a ninja and like just rolls me yeah. and then when i've got that deck i just like never never draw any of my three virus beetles on turn two and it's like should have been mulliganing to them but like I've got other two drops and things like that. I'm like, I've got a curve that I can play out. So I don't really feel like I should mulligan, but it's sort of like not the best it could be. And then I keep on getting people that just go like, oh, network disruptor into the guy that draws a card and then replay my network disruptor. And then I've I've got my, one of my three removal spells to kill your shit and then beat you. And... I'm just like, all right, well, I've got six removal spells Fun and I've game. got none of them. Yeah, well, the trick I always say is to actually have removal spells in your hand. That does well, help a lot. Well, interestingly, what a lot of the podcast people are saying is that, like, removal's actually not that relevant in this or, like, less relevant because, like, all because they're all sagas and, like, do stuff when they come into play. And, like, this has sort of been a bit of what magic has been like for a while now, but, like, this set seems to, like, have amplified that, is that, like, the removal... You want the removal because, like, you want to be able to deal with their 6-6 six, six, Besaidu reaches Skyward or whatever it's called, the thing. So you need to be able to deal with their massive thing. But it turns out, like you're already behind on that because they've cast it and got two forests or like everything's already done something. So your removal need, you need less removal and like you sort of go, Oh, I'm doing my thing. You do your thing. And then like, I've got my removal for your big thing that I need to deal with. Cause like just using one for one removal is poor. Cause like, or it's already drained you for two and like, you're already a bit down on the, exchange yeah. type that's, thing. that's why that's why i think what i was saying earlier that like the, the grindy cards are a lot better because you can just like generate the card advantage back from having to yeah. use removal on their like their sort of value creatures yeah but like i, I do that and then what happens is i just like some guy the other night was playing like three of the red one drop that attacks for two and then you pick it back up 
Yeah. And it turns out he drew two of them. So he went turn one, play one, turn two, play two of them, and then do it again. And like he was on the play. And it's like, well, I make my two, three lifelinker on turn three, which should against that card just be like a massive pain in the ass. But he's like, well, you've drawn two of them, so you've dealt me a bunch of damage. And then you've drawn your removal spell for that. And your removal spell costs less than three, so you also get to play and one of them again. And it's like, but if I tried drafting that deck, I'd like only draw one of them. I'd be on the draw, and then they'd make their two, three, and I wouldn't draw my removal spell. Or my removal spell would be Volt Surge. Well, you should have bought the Luck Bundle that they just released. Yeah, maybe. $50 could have got you that. Um, but yeah, I no, I, I agree that yeah, that, that does seem to happen in this format, I think more than other formats, but I am still overall enjoying it. I think I, my initial assessment of it is still standing. I think that it's it's a good format, but it's not my favourite of the last few years. Right, sorry, I'll be back in a second, you just need to sort something out. Okay, well that mm-hmm. seems like a good opportunity to ask you, Rob, to tell me and me alone um, about this week. Back in there. Um. Yeah, sure thing. So back in day this week, copy and paste. Uh, 13 years ago, there was a Grand Prix in Singapore and it was uh, the um, extended format at the time and it was extended um, before modern became a thing. Um, and What size was it before that? Sorry. Before it got extended. Hey. <laughs> um there's some really cool decks, the sort of thing I, I really like. They're, they're called the Next Level Blue decks. Um, so running off uh, Riptide Laboratory, which is a card that's been printed on Arena. So I think it's uh, possible to play it in Historic, but it hasn't made the same um, same dent. But, uh, that's a Riptide, blast from the past, that is. Riptide, Riptide Lab. Yeah, Riptide Lab is a land that taps a colorless, and it's also got one and blue tap return target wizard you control to its owner's hand. It's not legendary, so you can have multiples out to do this. Um, why would you want to return wizards to your owner's hand? Well, obviously, um, to protect them from removal spells is a possibility. But uh, the wizards you play include spell stutter sprite, which counters spells, Vendillion click, which uh, stops your opponent from drawing their good cards or at least tucking them back in. Uh, it's got Venser Shaper Servant, which bounces uh, permanents and spells to their hand. Um, it's got some pretty interesting uh, wizards that you can return back to hand. So it's um, it's quite it's a really cool uh, control card. Sam Black even played uh, two Sower of Temptations, which is a, a two-two flying control magic effect. I don't know what the is there a current word for control magic or. Um... That's that's a good question. I don't think there is because it's because I would I've started playing Magic when Mind Control would have been the card that made me think of that effect. Well, obviously, Control Magic is the original, but I think Mind Control is presumably the more recent one. But I don't know if there's a sort of evergreen card that's been printed recently because they don't really mm. do core sets anymore, do they? No, that's a good question. What's the most recent? Okay, let's let's look in um. It's the best place to look at these things now, is it? Gatherer, describe for Facebook game control of target creature. Because um, there is, there is, um, there is one in Neon Dynasty, but it costs like one blue, 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 and it's got a bunch of setbacks. Right. Uh, not setbacks. Sorry, caveats. No, gather is the wrong place. You can't search rules text. 
Um, Sorry about that. I'm back. That's right. But the other the Neil other riptide know. the other riptide lab target somebody played is Trinket Mage, which is uh, which went real well with Artifact Lands or uh, Charles the Void engineered explosives. Some interesting targets. Uh, so of course the the winning deck played Willy Thoctar and Incinerate. <laughs> Neil, what's <sighs> the current card um, that? is the sort of the evergreen mind control effect like what would a player now use to describe a card that just says you gain control target creature or enchanted uh, creature isn't it mind control or like i don't know like they, they yeah sort that's of, what i thought they sort of don't it's, it's been so long since they printed them like as just like a generic thing because like you've got the one in the current set where it's like one and quad blue to gain control of it. Yeah. If I if I said to a newer player, I'm playing uh some control magic effects, would they have a clue what I meant? Uh, I mean the, the, no. the name kind of gives it oh, actually no, maybe not, because they might think control is just like what a control deck does. So maybe it wouldn't give it away. I think yeah, mind control is probably more commonly known because that's been reprinted in core sets more recently. Maybe agent of treachery? Like, <laughs> I think they're less likely to know what you mean by agent but like you of treachery. But like you wouldn't say that. That's the thing. Yeah. Like you wouldn't. Um, but like that was the one that got. Didn't didn't that get banned? It's definitely a recent card that gained control of creatures, but it's not an evergreen time name, is it? It's not a name no. that you would use to describe a generic effect. And it didn't just steal creatures; it stole everything. Yeah. Every so I'm just looking at this, going back to the Saito deck, because it didn't get the, the uh, praise it deserved. It's just, there's something reassuring, isn't there, about seeing a deck that starts with like four Woolly Thoctor, four Wild Castle, four Curdate, four <laughs> yeah. Mog Fanatic as well. And this I was after damage stacked, wasn't I it? Want so, some, like, Mog- some beefy creatures. I'm going to yeah. play the, the beefiest creature. Is it all creature. the sea effect? <laughs> 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 no, that's uh, Vidalcan Shackles, which was in this top eight, wasn't it? It was, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's the, this this was this Saito deck the one that he just randomly won a bunch of GPs with. He yeah. won, I think, two or three in a row. Yeah, I think he did. So and this might be the first one, one. Yeah, GP Singapore 09. because he was one of the, the the trivia that keeps coming up on this <laughs> podcast many times. He was one of the was it three players who won three Grand Prix in a row. Um, think, possibly did he? Oh. Yeah, I think Raf Levy did. It was, it was like one three Grand Prix in a row. I think it was him, Raf Levy, and Owen Turtlemold, but I could be wrong on that. Like there was a, a small number of players who had a claim to fame of having won multiple GPs in a row with the same deck. Essentially, does that mean that Raf Levy's a cheat? <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, it's not, it's not, not rubbing shoulders. The best of company there, because I think Yuya might have been one of them as well. But then I, before I said that, I was actually no, I don't think he actually won three in a row. He just won a lot of GPs um, back in the day. Before it turns out he was a savage cheat. But, well, he probably um, yeah, won a bunch just... of GPs whilst being a savage cheat, but having not been caught yet. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. In case yeah. any lawyers are listening. <laughs> yeah, because I, I saw this. Sorry, already derailed the back end day, which is never a good joke. That's what it's, there. That's what it's there, there for. This came up. That's what the whole podcast there for. This came up <laughs> on Twitter recently. Um, I think Jerry Thompson. I can't remember why he exactly why he exactly tweeted about it. Um, but he was saying like it's okay to like someone, and then news comes out about them, and then you don't like them anymore. And he was sort of referring to you, yeah. Um, but it, I can't remember what point I started to make about this. But it was like. 
um, interesting that he. Oh no, the point I was making is it was interesting that he never actually sort of properly apologized for it. He he sort of gave a vague excuse. He made a statement through his team, basically saying like I didn't do it, and then just went quiet because I think he's actually technically not banned from Magic anymore. So okay. he could be playing again. He's just quietly disappeared himself. So like he never actually admitted to cheating. He basically said, I've never have cheated. I didn't cheat in this instance. It's just, hmm. yeah, that wasn't me. But it's, I don't know, it's always interesting when someone who like very clearly has cheated, like the, the evidence of what he did was like, basically you can't argue with it. Because <laughs> um, like, it just seems very, very unlikely that it would have accidentally happened that way. But his excuse was like, no, no, it just accidentally happened that way. My cards had stacked themselves in that particular sleeving pattern um (laughs) (laughs) like my tron lands just happened to be sleeved differently i don't know why i don't know how it just happened to be that way i didn't cheat thank you goodbye and it's just (laughs) weird so i don't know it's interesting to think like what the players because he's obviously made a calculated decision there like i'm more likely to be forgiven if i don't admit it and i just think really is that do you really think that's i don't know it's interesting isn't it but because mm. of that, basically, the point I was trying to make initially is because of that we don't know. We'll never know how much he did cheat because his stance is, I've never cheated. Yeah. I wish he would just, I wish like whenever a cheat gets outed, there should be like a rule that makes them have to admit every other time they've cheated so they can sort of atone for the, the various cheats, you know, the various times they've screwed other people over because then you can have some closure. Like, oh, that top eight match I lost against you year in 2012. Like, I should have won that. That's good to know. That's some reassurement for me. But sadly, well, we didn't get that in his case. It's an interesting one because, like, anyway, no, we're not having that discussion. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, he he definitely, in this case at least, he definitely cheated in that tournament, and we all never know really how much he was cheating in his big, his is like big wins time. And then yeah, bringing that back to Tom Harry Saito, who kind of did. Like Saito kind of did admit that he did cheat. I think eventually. Because like, he denied it, denied it, denied it. And then he sort of came back and he did that whole, like, I'm a new... I think he literally called himself, like, White Saito. I was Black Saito, now I'm White Saito. He, like, turned over a new leaf and said he was back as a new person. But then he didn't really play competitive magic much anymore after that. Cause I guess he found out that it's harder to win when you're not cheating. <laughs> he just ended up <laughs> ended up running Haruia. I don't know if he runs Haruia, but he did, like, a lot of... Well, he did a lot of work with trading, basically, rather than actual competitive magic. Yeah. Cheated people out of the cards physically <laughs> <Exactly>. instead of <laughs> screwing over unsuspecting people yeah. who want to just get cards traded and not realize he's screwing them over. But yeah, what a deck. I just, I to keep looking at the, we keep talking and I keep looking at the deck and I keep thinking, like, I just, this deck is just like so beautifully like zoo. Mm. And it's, I'm just going to say the whole list quickly because it's four It's got a dog, four, a, a goblin, an ape, a cat, yeah. a beast. Exactly. Four Perdate, four Mog Fanatic, four Tarmogoyf, one Isamaru, three Gadduck Teague, four Path, four Lightning Helix to Incinerate, two Jitte, three Seal of Fire, and then some lands. And it's like just a classic 24 creatures, 13 burn spells or removals, a couple of equipment and some lands. It's like your classic, this is kind of the archetypal aggro deck. Or like red based aggro deck. And some weird, weirdly animals, um, some burn spells, some lands. Classic Zoo had these beefy creatures and burn spells, and it sort of evolved over time to include more creatures that had disruptive qualities. Gaddic Teague is a is a hate bear. Um like Hans Hate Bear. Uh it it stops your opponent from casting their spells they want to cast to stop you. I know there's, there's a 
but at the same time, it's only a two mana two two. So there's a trade off between uh, creatures that stop the opponent from doing their things because of their abilities, and creatures that are just big enough that they stop the opponent from having a life total faster. So you, yeah, you know, yeah. You, you have to swing one way or the other with, with this sort of deck, and we usually swing towards your opponent. Yes, we- but it's astounding how few interactive creatures Saito's playing because there's none in the sideboard either. Yeah, it's, it's literally just power and toughness and then four, three Gadotique. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to it's, attack um, you. Mog, Mog Fanatic presumably is also a hate bear in this format, right? Because it... Dealt, um, I'm just looking at the other decks to see what it dealt with. It dealt with a couple of fairies, obviously. But yeah, what else was it? I think you wouldn't play Mog Fanatic in that era because this was post-stacking damage and also post the time when creatures started getting bigger. So you wouldn't play Mog Fanatic unless you had specific things you want to kill. It looks like it was just fairies based on the it other top spell decks. Spell Stutter Strike, Sprite, yeah. Which, yeah. which also, also gets countered stops. by Spell Stutter Strike. <laughs> it does, but it comes down first. So it counters Spell Stutter Sprite afterwards, I guess. Like, yeah. If the, if the Sprite like comes later. Be, yeah, yeah. It, can, yeah. it can mess with the fairy math. Yeah. Good <laughs> Good pun from John there. When, when damage stopped being stacked mog fantastic became mog, mog pretty good yeah yeah that's what people call it good very mog good fantastic John. you should be on this show what'd you say rob uh people did call it that mog fantastic i am yeah, um, but then was, it then it was no longer fantastic there was a uh so i managed to get a playset of the fnm uh four versions of mog fanatic when it was like, at this time when it was good and to get my playset i had to win every uh, I had to go undefeated in every FNM that month. For a month. And I managed it. I was pretty happy. Nice. What a champ. Yeah. What percentage of players now, if you just like a random sample of Magic players, what percentage of them do you think would understand if you said stack damage? Like, do, if you said to them, like, explain to me what stacking damage means, what percentage of current Magic players, like people who have played Magic in the last six months, that's your sample. Oh, what geez. percentage of those do you think would understand? Like, do you mean understand just like, like on a know what level, you're talking about? I've heard it in the past, or just like yeah, have heard it and can tell you what it means, but like not necessarily oh. rules definition. Just like oh, it's that a, thing where a tiny percentage, tiny. Like okay. how how long ago do you think stacking damage left magic? Uh, was it with mod? No, it wasn't with modern. Was it with modern? Uh, uh, it, was, it was around that time, right? It was around. It was tenth edition, I think, wasn't it? Tenth edition, okay. And is and was modern ninth? Modern is modern was eighth. eighth onwards. Okay, but 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 modern came modern came in modern came in a long time after eighth. That was just the starting point that was decided afterwards. So if it was tenth edition. That's 2007, so 15 years ago. So I think most people... It's not that. No, it's it's not. I think I think damage stopped stacking in about 2009. But that's still over a decade ago. Yeah. So a tiny amount, tiny, <laughs> tiny amount. Yeah, you, in terms of people who play... You said people who've played Magic within the last month. It does Are we counting... The, the C word is 
as magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, even then, well, I, let's, no, see, let's, for the sake of this argument, count them as magic it, players. They'll definitely know about it because that'll be one of the ways they'll try and screw their opponents out of winning <laughs> the game in this definitely the best way to play fun kitchen table magic variant because tournament players are the worst and will shark you. Yeah. Even though they have no idea what priority... I've mentioned priority bullying to like four tournament magic players. I'm like doing air quotes like you can see me. Was it not more than that? Um, Recently. And then they've all gone, what's that? And yeah. then I've explained it and none of them, they're all just like, that is like actual fucking nonsense. <laughs> yeah, because you, you weren't here when we last discussed it, were you? Because you missed that podcast, but... Um, I was um, I, I was in the Discord for a little bit, not listening, but like I could... Knew what we were talking about. I, I could tell what was being spoken about and like that's actual nonsense. Like, but it But it makes sense if tournament players don't know what you're talking about because it is only relevant in three plus player um tournament yeah. like in a match with more than two True. players or more than two players or teams because it's also not relevant to head of giant so unless you specifically played a multiplayer match of magic which presumably none of us have apart from maybe that one commander draft we did yeah where it's all just like a free-for-all like i don't <laughs> actually don't think i ever have rob, rob still hiding his secret commander <laughs> fetish that he has. but like I um, genuinely don't think I've ever played a non-two-headed giant match of multiplayer magic I have when I first I started playing okay uh, uh, it turns out a bunch of the coverage people had Canadian Highlander decks and we'd like sit around the hotel lobbies drinking and playing them actually yeah, like, yeah no, you're right, no, I probably have literally nobody gave a shit about who won or what went like, on yeah. it was literally something to do it, it was something to do that we didn't even need because we were all just like chatting anyway and yeah um, yeah I was about to say I actually have but I didn't it was casual so I didn't care who won and it was like obviously Commander is also casual so why do I care who wins <laughs> but we shouldn't dredge this conversation back up should we talk about well we should because like I didn't get to I, I didn't know get to didn't, join yeah, in yeah. that conversation you're right yeah and, air, air all your grievances tell us what you think about well, Commander players say what you really think <laughs> I wasn't really asked about the whole command thing but like the priority bullying thing I was like well this seems like nonsense because like the way the guy that did the video explained it was like oh like for a start he talks about a fourth player and then like because it was like yeah, can player you just a explain it in case anyone didn't listen last week just explain again what we're actually talking about right so player a casts ad nauseum player b has essentially a counter spell but does like it sort of doesn't say why he doesn't want to just counter the spell, presumably because he thinks one of the other players can also do something. But then they sort of skip over player C, and then the guy doing the video is like, I'm player D, and he goes, Oh, if you tap out, I'll counter his spell. So he then taps all his mana, which then restarts the priority stack, and Obviously, the player with ad nauseum goes, well, I'm still waiting for my ad nauseum to resolve. And then player B goes, I'll counter it. Everyone's now tapped out. I'll win on my turn. And there's... Like, you can literally do an entire podcast about how that's just incredibly shitty behavior. And, like, that's... I don't understand why this is a person you continue to play commander with if what you're doing is trying to have fun. 
But the bit that really annoyed me was the guy who made the video was like, all right, yeah, he gets you to tap out so he can win on his turn. He's like, well, if you're going to try and get me to do that, I'll not tap out. And if I ever do tap out, I'll like have a force of will for your spell. And it's like, if you've got force of wills, what difference does it make if you tap out? I don't understand what all this complaining's about. And then it's like, oh, it's priority blinks. It's like, they essentially get you to tap out. It's like, just don't do it then. It's like, you don't have to do it because they've said, oh, I want you to tap out. You're just like, no, we'll just lose to the ad nauseum guy. You had the counter spell and didn't do it. Like, I just... None of his arguments made any sense to me. Yeah, because in either case, in either case, player D is losing the game. So, like, yeah. it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's like, <laughs> like oh, in yeah. that scenario, player D does not have an answer. Yeah, and it's like, oh, but player B is priority bullying, and it's like, well, to what end? Like, if you just gonna lose, it doesn't you're matter. You're so shocked by it, you can't even get the words out. Yeah. But why? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, like, if that happens in your game of friendly commander, that's like the best form that everybody loves, it's like, just, just be like, all right, well done, mate, you won that game. Let's yeah. shuffle up and start again. Shuffle, yeah. shuffle. A, in their defence, C D A C D. Oh, sorry, B. <laughs> you don't get to play anymore because you're a bell end. See ya. <laughs> B for bell end. In, in their defence, they do call it C E D H, which I believe stands for competitive E D H. Although that does sound obviously to me like an oxymoron. But I think the idea of C E D H is that you are actually trying to win rather than just wank each other off for four hours, which is the kind of E D H we played, which I didn't understand because I tried to win. Everyone got really annoyed with me. But either, either way, yeah, like it's at least one of the people at the table is behaving in a way that's like, why are you even here? Like if, if you're here to just like rules lawyer other people, there are other hobbies in which you can do that without also annoying all your friends. But yeah, it's 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 a weird state of affairs to know that commander players are doing that while also saying tournament players are too aggressive to play tournaments with. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to I don't want people to be all about the wins. I'm going to play Commander with people that priority bully me with a weird niche rule that tournament players don't even know about. Yeah. So, yeah. Insane. Yeah. Anyway. State of the game of Arena. Should we talk about that? State Anybody of the economy. my Arena account for $4,000? No, because it's literally worthless, as we're about to discuss. <laughs> so if anyone hasn't caught this, uh, so like I said in the intro... Um, oh, sorry, before I move on to that, quick update from John in the chat who says he became a judge specifically to rules lawyer his friends. Good to know that you're one of us, John. Um, and uh, so anyway, so the state of the arena economy. So there was this one hour long, I think they'd announced the announcement a while ago. So people had been waiting for this update, although I'll be honest, I didn't realise it was coming. So I must have missed the announcement for the announcement. But anyway, the actual... a classic announce the yeah. announcement. The, the actual announcement, not the announcement of the announcement. The actual announcement happened last week and it was in the form of a one hour-ish video um, with uh, Blake Rasmussen and Chris Kiritz, who are, I think Blake does some kind of PR and Chris Kiritz is like the executive producer for Arena. Um, I don't know. I, I know like Blake does a lot of announcements, so I guess that's his main job. But they're both sort of relatively important people at WotC is the point of that. Um Chris more so on the arena side and Blake more so on the PR side. Um, and they basically wanted to talk about 
arena and the economy and the future of it and yada yada um so i've sort of tried to cut so we don't have to go through an entire hour-long video and the various follow-ups that people have done um i'm hoping you two are sort of familiar with it i've seen it and read it and or otherwise but um i'll, I'll try and recap as much as i can anyway so they, they sort of stated three main goals which were um, make more I'm paraphrasing money, make a more money, make more money. <laughs> paraphrasing a little bit. Number one, make more money. No, uh, number one, uh, they want to balance the needs of various players. So that's sort of a nod to the fact that some people play twelve hours a day and some people don't. Uh, they want to encourage healthy play behaviours, uh, which means they want people to play twelve hours a day without getting depressed. Um, so. I think that's what they mean by that. Um, and they want opening packs to be fun and they want having a collection to be rewarding. Um, so they're the sort of the three drivers uh, between between the changes. <laughs> what's what's with your uh, cynical laughter? Which, which part are you just, being just cynical towards? Just what's being said, like all of it. Okay. okay. Um, but the... So I guess we move through the new so i i also i also tried to summarize what the actual new things they announced were so they said some sort of vague yeah we'll maybe do that but there's four new things that they've announced um the first one is i think inconsequential but because they want opening packs to be rewarding what they're doing is rather than making the current packs more rewarding they're increasing they're introducing a new mythic booster pack uh which will cost 300 gold more than the usual ones which are a thousand gold and that will always have a mythic in the rare slot so to make booster packs more rewarding, they're giving you the chance to pay a little bit more money to get a mythic booster pack, which always has a mythic instead of a rare. How is that more um, rewarding? That's not more rewarding. That's uh, like right, you a, pay more and get a different thing, but like, like that's just yeah. not more rewarding. Like the rewarding bit is like, oh yay, I got a mythic. Like even if it was worth giving a shit about opening mythics, it's like. Oh, anyway, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, right. the, the next the next one, um, which I think we'll maybe have more to say about, is is this wild card bundle that we've already hinted at so far. Um, so th- this is one that's had the most backlash online, I think, and so much so that when I I didn't actually see the announcement happening, but I saw a lot of sort of parody tweets of it, and I couldn't tell from the tweets whether or not this was a real thing. Um, but this they've been. In, in, they basically announced a wildcard bundle because in the in the same stream which they said they want opening packs to be fun and rewarding, they also said, we understand that opening packs is quite cumbersome. So <laughs> rather than making you open a bunch of packs, buy and then open a bunch of packs to get wildcard, you can just straight up buy the wildcards for $50. Yes, I'll say that again. For $50 for a wildcard bundle that contains 16 wildcards, 12 of which are rare and four of which are mythics. So, is it, so it's like $50 for 16 boosters. It's like, it's like you buy the boosters and then a robot butler opens them for you. Yeah. Yeah, like it's just $50 for 16 boosters. Um, well, it's, it's sort of... It's, in one way, it's better. In one way, it's worse because you don't get all the commons and uncommons, obviously, whatever that's worth because those are useful. Um, and then the other flip side of that is obviously it's slightly better because you can trade the rares and mythics what you actually want, which kind of goes against their whole thing of we want opening packs to be fun because there's no fun in just blowing $50 in one go, which is a lot of money because 12 rare wild cards and four mythics won't build your deck. Because their, well, their whole thing is... People like, that like, that's probably around a quarter of a deck. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's just a... I don't know if it's... But 
basically to get that many wild cards, like specifically the wild cards, I think people have clever people have worked out that you need to buy about twice you need to spend about twice that much in boosters. So you need to spend about hundred dollars in boosters um to get that many wild cards. So it is more efficient in the in terms of wild cards. But if you spend that much on boosters, you would also get a bunch of other rares and mythics and commons and commons. So if you're trying to like fill out a set. Spending fifty dollars on boosters is way more efficient, even if you end up only end up with about half that many wild cards. And this is like only specifically useful for someone who's like hasn't played much and just needs to blow a load of money to build a deck. And it's like it's weird for them to go, "Oh, we want to promote healthy play behavior. We want to make opening boosters fun." To bit making this big hoo ha of like, "Hey guys, we're throwing you a bone. We're going to let you spend fifty dollars just to have a small number of." unfun <laughs> delivery wildcards that you can then buy again because you'll realize that won't get you anywhere near a deck and it's like the whole thing just stinks of like who checked this <laughs> but the thing is obviously what it's for is it's not for it, it's not like oh buy these to play it's like all right you want to finish your deck and because we don't have dusting which is obviously like what Hearthstone do is called dusting. Yeah. Obviously, it'd be called something new. I but guess we'll get onto because that you can't just yeah. like dispense of your awful cards. Um, what we what we're doing is going. All right, you're almost at your deck. You can pay fifty dollars and finish your deck off. That's what it is. Like nobody's meant to be like, oh, I'm going to buy this and that will let me play constructed. Nobody like it's not for somebody to come along as an aside before we go any further i'm in no way defending that this thing should be a thing at all i'm just explaining like the way i think they're thinking of it is people are going oh i want to be able to get rid of my crap cards well not even crap cards my cards that i'm not using to build the deck i want to build and they're like, well, what you can do is just spend $50 and you'll get to finish your deck. And then you also get to keep the cards you've got. Because one of the things that they referenced was like, oh, well, new sets will come out. And like, what they don't want is for you to have dusted your cards and then them suddenly become worth having. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, but I dusted them. And then you feel bad because you're like, oh, I dusted them for like a millionth of their value because I got a quadrillionth of a gem for my mythic rare. And they're like, that'll feel bad. So what what we're doing is not letting you destroy your cards and we're just giving you an opportunity to not but you don't have to buy more boosters. You can just like buy the wild cards to finish your deck off rather than having to destroy your cards to finish your deck off. And what it doesn't what it doesn't let you do is go, well, it turns out you've every time you print your S, I have to collect four of them and I'll yeah. only ever need four and like the millions of planes that I have. That literally well, don't actually, actually matter. Styles rather than, like I think you have literal infinite planes, right? Yeah. Yeah, like how many how many wild cards would you dust in order to just have a more usable interface when when building basic lands into your deck? Like, like, like I said in our chat, I'm like, I've I've actually from the store paid gold or gems. I don't I can't remember what I paid, but like for the air pack lands, because I wanted the junk boat island and I wanted the Mount Fuji mountain, 
and the sunflower planes. And it turns out they're all in the same APAC package. So I paid for them. And it turns out they're not the default that get added to my limited decks. And I don't know if there's a way to make it. If there is a way to make them the default that go into my limited deck, it's not very obvious how it's done. And even though it's not done, when I go to add them, if I want to, if I can be asked scrolling through, I have to scroll. Like it's not obvious how to search for those. Like, do I do it by collector yeah. number or anything like that? Like, there's literally nothing that suggests there's a way to search which planes you want. Because like you type planes and it just goes, "Here's a million pictures of planes. Which one do you want?" And I'm like, the one I paid for. I obviously want the one I paid for. Click, 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 click. 17 times till I get through the a million sets of special editions that have been brought out since I bought them to add them to my deck to literally go click because usually I'm just adding one to my deck because it's my splash color and because otherwise I'll just go with the ones that it adds to my deck so I'm not going to like change out the planes that are in my deck for the ones I've paid for because ideally the ones I'd pay for would just get put in but but presumably they'll come up with something being like, oh, but what if you've paid for multiple of them? It's like, well, you're a dickhead, aren't you? But aside from that, like, at least pick one of the ones I've paid for to go in. Anyway. If if you had to rank them in, in feel-bad value, what would you put in, in in order one, two, three, for scrolling for 10 minutes every time you want to find your land? That's number uh, one. Having to, Definitely having, number having one. To dust, having to dust cards in order to build new cards or spending $50 in order to get 16 cards. Scrolling through the same card, repeated, like, it's the fact that I've paid for one. Like, if it was just, yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> this planes art, like... I was... No, I, I get... I was fine. Yeah, I was but being facetious there, but... the point paid for one, like, that's the worst. The, the bit where it's like, oh, well, you get vault progress for everyone over these four commons you've got. It's like, but it turns out there's still four different duresses on arena or like and like by different i mean from different sets like i think the, actually it might be three there's three or four different duresses and like two or three of them have the same picture just have a different set symbol on them and it's like literally nobody cares about which set it's from outside of paper like, in paper, people... And, and that's only when it's old. That's only when it's like, I want a, a the dark blood moon. Yeah. Other than that, nobody's going like, oh, I want... I really want a ninth edition blood moon, not an eighth edition blood moon, or whatever sets they were in. It's like, nobody's being like, oh, I really want an M20 duress, not an M21 duress. It's like, nobody's doing that. So it's like... Why can't I dust them? There is, there is at least one person who works at Wizards is alert to it. Uh, Sam Studder on Twitter, I've seen him posting about it. He's he says well, they focused on the downsides of dusting. I think or what's the which is the feel bad of uh, having to recraft a card that you've dusted, um, or you know that sort of thing. But, I get that because I because because playing like for a while I played Hearthstone. Sorry to interrupt, but like I played Hearthstone and like obviously. What they don't do is go, you destroy that and you get a different one. So, like, I think in Hearthstone, you get a quarter of the value. Mm. So, it's like, you have to destroy four 
rares to get a rare. And then obviously if that rare that you destroyed comes back and you want it, you have to destroy four different rares to get it. So you're like obviously massively down. And that's the thing. It's like where they go, oh, well, we don't want you to destroy your card and then get it back. It's like, well, if you made it just one for one, it wouldn't matter. (laughs) But One of the things that you're saying in comparison, though, is that um, uh, Hearthstone has it's got the nine classes but also a lot of cards are effectively colorless they're classless um so there's some a bunch of kind of mythics that get played in multiple decks of different types so you sort of you get more usage out of each one even if you play a variety of decks um but secondly the magic's set up as a trading card game and so when they when they design when they when they decide which card gets put in which rarity in sets, they've got paper magic in consideration. They're not thinking about arena, um, and that's part. I think that's part of the problem. It's much easier to trade, let's say, dual lands for example. If it's much easier to trade dual lands in real life, or just lend somebody four of a dual land for the weekend or something, um, and then it is to uh, on on arena. You just kind of want. Everybody wants four of all of them, or at least there's there's nothing they can do with the dual lands that they don't want. They can't trade them for other, you know, for other ones. Well, that's it. It it, it's no longer a trading card game. Yeah, and that's why people are ending up with a bunch of cards they don't want and are finding it hard to get the cards that they do want. Yeah, it's like like the fact that you can't lend people things as well. Um, Mm. Oh, when you were saying about like. Um, I think you said before we started, Matteo, about like, um, or because I joked, like, I've got four $4,000 worth of wild cards. Sorry, I'm very sweary tonight. Um, $4,000 worth of wild cards in this new thingy. Um, in one of the Twitter threads I was reading, somebody was saying, it's no surprise that the price of fully stocked arena accounts has shot up. So presumably, oh, is that a thing? Can people actually buy them? Well, that's what I mean. I was like, oh, really? Is, is there a market for that? Because, like, I definitely have one. And, like, don't I'm, I'm in no way attached to it. Other than, like, my email address is attached to it. But, like, I'm not attached to the name or anything like that. Like, I would definitely be like... I actually want to change like, my name, so this might be a way out for me. Because <laughs> I don't think you can change your name. Yeah, but I'd definitely be up for, like... Or even like I'll do a rental service where you can like borrow my account and if you're qualified for the Mythic Championship and want to practice before you know which deck you want to get, I'll rent you my account. There you go. Yeah, sounds good. Um, but yeah, it's 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 weird that yeah they've they, they've sort of proposed a bunch of issues and then because I think Rob, did you say like they don't want you to destroy cards you don't need and then sure make it one for one and then it's not an issue anymore but obviously all these things they say oh we don't want to do this is like with a caveat like because then we wouldn't make as much money yeah um but the next the next new thing so i've only done two of the fours the next new thing is they've they've announced a new non-rotating format um which will enter arena which God. presumably is as a result of the distress that is alchemy yeah exactly the complete failure that alchemy has been they didn't actively say it on the stream but they kind of implied that alchemy has been a complete flop um and therefore we're going to try a new format but the, the main thing with this non-rotating format again i think as a direct result of alchemy being so unpopular 
is that they said it will only contain cards that are also available in paper. So they won't do what they're doing for Historic and Alchemy and releasing kind of arena-only cards that... Yeah, exactly. Um, So it would be... It will be a format that can be played in real life as well as Arena um, with all the same cards that do all the same things, which I think is definitely a good thing. I don't think anyone's going to complain about that. Um, but yeah, they said more details to come soon, basically. I, I can't really think what they will do other than just historic, but without the weird cards. Yeah. like, what else can they do on Arena that's non-rotating? All they can really do is say, you know, all the all the sets that are on Arena so far is only about Type four 1. years worth. Yeah, just do like. See, it's interesting because it's because Magic's got so much history, and like because they bring out so many sets and what have you. Like they sort of go, "Oh, we come up with modern." Like it's got this new non-rotating format, and it's like they're all sort of like just stop gaps until they become too unwieldy and they have to come up with a new one that's from the next But they never get rid of the old ones. Yeah. Because it, it, that's it. It's like, in, in some ways, I think what, not that I think this would happen, but like would make sense essentially is just bring back extended. <laughs> yeah. Because... Extended that is rotating, like, though. That is rotating. They specifically said they don't want it to be no, uh, rotating. But that's the thing. Like, they keep on going, oh, it's, an, it's a non-rotating format because we don't want your cards to lose value. It's like, but our cards are going to lose value anyway. Because... Like, just because they don't re- um, rotate on the on the back end doesn't mean they don't rotate on the front end. If you keep yeah. releasing new sets that, out, that invalidate new the old cards. New cards are going to push old cards out or then, new then cards aren't going to be of any yeah. value. Yeah. It's like, it, it just doesn't work in this like, oh, we don't want it to be rotating because we don't want people to keep on having to change things. It's like, but like the modern decks that people were playing when modern came out, nobody's still playing because you've ended up banning the cards from them yeah. because they were too good. Or the cards now were crap because new cards came out that are better. So it's like, yeah, it does the set the format doesn't rotate. But the but cards it does. Because the thing is, you want churn. Like you actually want churn anyway. Because otherwise it's like, well, it's non-rotating format, and it turns out all these cards from before are just better. So you just play them. At which point it's like, well, it's non-rotating, and that means it's just the same. So you actually want churn, and that like that almost like it's almost why I think like just bring back extended and go. All right, well, what we've got is we've got the non-rotating formats, and we've got standard that's the very rotating format, and what we've got is this like your cards maintain this. It's like it's weird that they sort of like claim that they care about value as well when like they're very much like oh we're not interested in the secondary market but we also don't want your cards to lose value but we also don't want to reprint cards that are on the reserve list because like we don't want to ruin the value from over there and all of this and it's like you can just have this longer rotation that sort of accepts that new cards come out and they're like, accept that your game is what it is and comes out with new sets and that is going to change how things are. And you go, well, we keep on trying to do these non-rotating formats because 
you seem to think people give a shit about it being like that. And it's just like, but they still change all the time. So just have a, like I said, just like bring back extended and go, all right, standard is the last two years. Extended is the last five years. And then if you do intend to keep on bringing sets out all the time, it like five years is plenty of time for like most people stop playing a game after that amount of time. And yes, you've done very well in that you've created a game and are now milking a game to buggery that keeps people for a much longer period of time than most games do. But like, you can still just accept that you are what you are and you bring out new cards and that's going to create this churn and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, we're rounding out the hour, but I'll just scroll through a few sort of things of note that I found in this in this feed. So um, one of the points they made was they'll be bringing Constructed more in line with Limited rather than vice versa in terms of building your collection, which I think a lot of Constructed players will be excited by. Obviously, we don't really care, but what they mean by that is that tournaments will have basically more gems and boosters, prize rewards, more ways of building your collection. I was worried that what they would say is actually, let's just give Limited players less prizes, but I think they'll actually go the other way around, or they've said they will go the other way around. Um, so to kind of address the fact that limited players have a bunch of stuff and constructed players don't. They're just going to give constructed players more. See, um, sorry. Sorry to quickly yeah. interrupt again. It turns out I've just got like a bunch of opinions. Tonight. The the <laughs> thing about dusting cards, like what I would like personally is the ability to destroy all my cards for some amount of gems or gold because I don't care about constructed particularly. And like I'm literally doing leagues to try and get myself to play some constructed for some purpose. Otherwise, I would happily destroy all of my cards to draft again. Mm. If I could just like so, do, destroy my cards for some amount, some amount of gold, I'd be like, yep, yeah, just ship them all off because I'll get them all back because I'm just going to draft. So interestingly, and it, this, the, I think this part actually, the it's related to what you said. I think this was the part that struck me the most as kind of how out of touch they are with the people who actually play Magic or perhaps how out of touch we are with the average person who plays Arena. But there was a, a, there was a, a viewer question that basically asked what you just said. I have a bunch of wild cards in my account. All I do is draft and I sometimes have to buy gems to do that. Can I just like burn my wild cards in order to draft so like trade them back into not necessarily cash but like in-game currency so you know yeah uh, maybe not 50 dollars worth can i trade these 16 wild cards for say 10 dollars worth of gems like i'll literally take anything because i have hundreds of wild cards um yeah and and he didn't say so this was chris who answered it he didn't say like oh uh yeah well we're not really working that he literally said he was sort of surprised and said, hmm, that has never even been floated. Like, that's never been discussed, that idea. Gosh. And I thought, I thought, really? Because that's something that a lot of people ask about sort of on Twitter. And even like, it's something that I'm sure all of us have at least thought about. And he was, he was like taken aback by the suggestion. He's like, hmm, yeah, maybe. We, that's never been um, discussed. And he also said sort of as a separate point in a separate question, he basically said they currently have no plans to address the fact that limited players just end up with a bunch of wild cards in their account. It's like, there's just nothing we're planning about at the moment. All, all their plans and at the moment. And just 
Yeah. <laughs> all, all their plans re- revolve around helping non-limited players boost their collections. Um, but they haven't even, like, essentially they haven't even thought about how to address the fact that there's this imbalance on the other side where limited players have all these resources they have zero use for. Um, yeah, like, can I not trade them to somebody? Like, just... Well, it, it's yeah. bad for them. Like I said, it it's the trading bit. It encourages account sharing, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I guess so, because... You would think so, like, yeah. Like Neil just said, sure, just take my account, like, whatever. <laughs> it, which, which obviously what he doesn't want to happen. No, I guess people just aren't doing it enough. Yeah. But on the just on the dusting wildcard thing, they, they said quite a funny thing about that. Why well, I thought it was funny that they said that, um, and I, I quote here, dusting changes the tenor of conversations around the game. Instead of what should I build conversations, you get what should I destroy conversations, which are inherently more negative. And I just thought that was such like a funny, you know, like the sort of the boomer trope of like, oh, people are such snowflakes these days. You have to be really nice. And like that kind of feels like that of like, like they're thinking like, oh, our, our players are such snowflakes. They can't talk about destroying things. And I think you'd actually find that destroying things can be quite fun. And if they built into like nice little flashy animation into it, I think I would actually quite enjoy destroying a bunch of my rares that I don't need just for the sake of getting a couple of um like gems or yeah. gold or whatever it is. Like in some ways I can sort of understand them being like, all of our car- all of our cards are special and we love all of our cards and we don't want generic bad mythic in the new set. I can't remember what it's called. The Hidetsugu's bloody blah. We don't want that to feel unloved by literally being drafted and then immediately destroyed because nobody's ever going to play with it ever because it's obviously crap. Yeah, the the mythic. Unless a bunch of one drops get printed, um, and they're really good. I think that card's got some powerful applications. Oh no! Like I, I just picked that because like, I'm, it's the worst limited rare. But I didn't yeah, yeah, necessarily sure. play with oh, no, like, Yeah, like but um, I, was, I, I couldn't know, I, think of any particular like sure. generic eight casting cost twelve twelve but, but, but green monster. But don't don't you don't uh, commander players. <laughs> so I'm, I mean, yeah. slightly facetious, but actually, I think this is actually the. I think I, I'm okay with. The, um, I'm okay with their point there if I've interpreted it right. I think what they want is like one of the things Maro said a bunch of times is that um, they want, they don't want uh, to try and design magic such that every card is trying to be everybody's favorite. They're much happier to have, like design three cards that maybe each person hates one of them, but somebody loves it if each card is loved by one person and hated by one person they'd rather have that than two people are indifferent that's something. fine do you know what would be great letting the person who hates it destroy it but they don't want but the person it, who loves it can keep it but they've seen it from other games that people do have that conversation to, about pe- people just refer to certain cards as rubbish or garbage and and auto dust or whatever it is and so the people who people still like have it, that conversation. the people who like it and could like it, uh, feel a bit ex- bit excluded because they're like, "Oh, maybe I th- I thought it was a, a fun card, but if everybody hates it, maybe this isn't my thing. Maybe I'll go to a different game." I don't know. I think that's also kind of going to that trope of like, "Oh, players are snowflakes. Like, who's really going to quit Magic because someone said that your favorite rare is it's an not auto that, dust?" Like, it's people not that say that kind player, of thing all the time, anyway. It's not that embedded players quit. It's that people who could become embedded players don't get into it. Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, they essentially said as an extension of that point that they will they will never like they put their foot out saying we are never going to introduce a way of destroying your current cards. Like that's just not going to happen. So stop asking. Which like fair enough, they've said it. But I, I just Which think another it, way that it's, it's kind of funny it, that their reason is that it's just another way that it's inconsistent with paper magic. Because there's a very easy way to get rid of yeah. your paper, uh, paper magic cards. Flip or rip <laughs> by burning them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the, the final the final point of note that I wanted to highlight um, is that they did emphasize the fact that they'd planned to support tabletop and arena for many years. Um, so they, they they were quite clear that like, yeah, we're not planning to scrap Paper Magic, like, don't worry. Although the they didn't mention desk. Magic Online at any point in either the video or the follow-up article, well, they're probably which I thought was interesting. Because loads of people are talking about the fact that like, they're just going to play Magic Online because yeah, arena is really... better. I'm really surprised at how vocal... A lot of people have been about how predatory they find the arena economy. Yeah, which which says something, right? Yeah. Even after this update, people are like, "Okay, you haven't improved anything." Yeah. In fact, you, like, the thing you've announced with pride is actually just terrible, and no one wants that. The fifty dollar package that was like the one thing that was a kind of the flagship new change that they've introduced, and literally everyone has gone, "This is insane!" Like you, you can't charge $50 for 16 wild cards and then also pretend that oh we want to build collections we want to help you have fun opening packs oh but also give us $50 and we'll chuck you some cards you need yeah um but yeah we'll we'll see what they do about that they they said they're listening to feedback they also made it clear that this was the start of a conversation not the end mm-hmm. so they might change their mind they might reduce the price i, I think it was pv who said something quite interesting i don't know if it is true but um he said that maybe they did $50 as a high price point on purpose so they um, could reduce it to 20 and be like yeah, look yeah. at what we're giving you we've yeah. well, not 20 but probably more like 35 or 40 and be like hey look how good this deal is everyone so they're kind of doing that sales tactic where you set the price point high before the other person has a chance to think about it and then anything less than that feels like a deal like every single mobile game that's like all oh, right yeah it's a hundred gems for 20 lives on candy crush and it's like 80 percent discount 20 yeah 20 lives for 20 gems what a deal you're getting and it's like no still spending ten dollars for nothing yeah. essentially yeah uh but yeah lots of interesting things to come out um we'll we'll see basically we'll see what actually happens there's also um a new announcement in in the next two weeks so before we record the next podcast there's an announcement on organized play so i'm sure we'll have lots more to talk about next time Ooh. as well because yeah. i think that interests us more than the arena economy anyway so I'm just waiting for the 80% discount Easter sale where you can get 16 wild cards for $10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me, you two. Um, the, the listener challenge this week is to not spend $50 on Arena. Yeah, I'm sure you'll and all manage it. Well, send then, us send well you some screenshots of you doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank, thanks to those who listened to us live and contributed. And thanks to those of you who didn't listen live and contributed listen just anyway. by clicking play and boosting our numbers. Um, but if you do want to join in, listen live, or just chat with us about random stuff, some of it is magic related, please do join the Discord. Uh, you'll find the link in the show notes wherever you're listening from. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. It's eachofthose.com slash TBE podcast. And you can follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Mateo OJ underscore MTG. Rob, what's your Twitter? At Dr. Rob Wagner. And Neil, what's your Twitter? At Trigger Riggers. And we'll be back in That's where you find out about standard leagues that you can play in. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Join the leagues that Neil is hosting, hopefully. Message me and join our league. Um, but yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. 
Bye. Bye. Bye.